National Rail Services. The familiar sound of an announcement on the London Underground as for the second time in three episodes of Gareth Jones on Speed I start a show on public transport because today we're off to an eco racing series Formula E Hello, welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. I'm Gareth and I'd like to introduce a new voice to the programme today, my son, Tycho. Morning. Morning. Are you into Formula E? Yeah, I haven't been watching it often, but I really like seeing the new drivers and that's a brilliant idea generally, yeah. What do you think about the idea of having a race right here in the middle of town, in London? It's fantastic, I think. It brings a new experience compared to the other races. The setting is really nice to see. What do you think of the standard of drivers? Who stands out of all the drivers on the grid in Formula E has been interesting to you? I think all the people who've come up through F1 and A1, and they're really brilliant. Sebastian Buemi, Senna, PK, Frost, they're all fantastic drivers. Maybe didn't make it in F1, but I'm still really good drivers who deserve a chance. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think Formula One is pretty unforgiving, isn't it? You know, you sort of get one chance. And if the political situation of the team that you're in at that time changes, you can lose that chance, can't you? So you need somewhere else to go. And the drivers more often go to the World Endurance Championship or Le Mans or IndyCar. But it's good that they've got Formula E to go yeah. to as well, isn't it? It's like they brought A1 back, but in an eco-friendly way. Yes, nicely put. I couldn't have said that better myself. All right, well, listen, we're still on the tube. And bizarrely, even though this race is in London and Tycho and I live in London, it's actually going to take us longer to get to Battersea from where we live in Hackney, northeast London, than it would for us just to get in the car and drive up to Silverstone. So we'll make the journey and we'll see you at the other end. National and international rail services. This is the Victoria Line train to Brixton. Please stand clear of the closing doors. Formula E on Gareth Jones on speed. And I'm in. The serenity of a London park interrupted only by the odd aircraft flying over into Heathrow and being as we're in South London, probably Gatwick as well. I'm in Battersea Park, which is the venue for this race, which is kind of unusual for me because I used to live minutes away from this park when I first moved to London in 1981. Yes, I remember when this was all fields, and now it's a racetrack. Well done, Formula E, getting a race in the centre of London. Uh, It wasn't too bad a journey on the way here, involving two buses and a tube. Not quite as easy as jumping in my car and driving to Silverstone from North London, but hey, you know, not too bad. I'm not complaining. Got an international motor race happening within a couple of hours of my door, which is good. Now, what's my first impression of Formula E here? Well, it's all nicely branded. There's lots of blue Formula E Visa London e pre banners all over the place. A proper walkway for us all to follow to the race. And... 
light source the solar experts there seem to be lots of solar charging <laughs> points around not entirely certain what they're charging but they are gathering energy from the sun this is effectively an eco race series so I would imagine they're doing their best to be carbon neutral and to display the fact that they're making efforts actually there's a big old diesel generator here <laughs> providing lots of lights for the circuit as well so not everything is going to be as green as you would like it and of course the whole idea of flying a circus for want of a better word all over the world is hardly green even if it's promoting green ideals but we respect Formula E it's a great idea we like the idea of an electric car as you know on Gareth Jones on speed we've driven plenty of them and we know they work well and they can work as a race car so let's see right they've put in lots of temporary structures here very difficult to recognize where I am I know this park well but I can see I'm by the Millennium Arena now which wasn't here when I first moved here and they've put in a temporary bridge over the circuit which is impossibly narrow I don't think that is two cars wide I watched the race yesterday the first race here and there was some overtaking at corners but not very much on the straights it's a pretty big ask to fit two race cars onto a circuit as narrow as this one and actually to build a circuit in a space as small as Battersea Park but if this is one of the prerequisites of this series to promote green racing they have picked a particularly green park I think I'm right in saying that London is one of the greenest cities in the world in terms of park space and as I walk to the circuit from the entrance here surrounded by privet hedges in every direction you can smell the hedges and it's very leafy very very leafy right I don't know if my pass gets me in there let's find out yeah. Does a media pass allow me in here? It does. Thank you. Right, okay. Well, I'm in the paddock. That was pretty easy. I have full media accreditation for this race, which is good, which means I can get to people, hopefully, and have a chat with some of the drivers, if I'm very lucky, or some of the people working in the teams who I may or may not know. Let's go and see who we can find. I've been popped into the paddock and I can see before me a row of these white tents they don't look great the white tents I have to say they look a bit GP2 I think they could do something a bit slicker than that they look a bit low tech for what's a very high tech race series but each of those tents constitutes a double in fact a quadruple garage because each driver has two cars there seems to be a paddock walk going on at the moment it's a great wave of people moving towards me I don't know if everybody who comes to this race gets access to the paddock but at the moment I'm standing outside the Edam's Renault tent, I was going to say garage but tent where the ITV hosts Jenny Gow and Co are hosting the output for the Network UK broadcaster at the back of the garage Mr Pross and I don't mean Nicola, I mean big Mr. Prost. Next to that is the Audi Ab Garage. 
piloted by Lucas Degrassi and Daniel Apt. No relation. <laughs> and let's see who I can find to talk to. Okay, this is the China Racing Team now, sponsored by Next EV. I can see Emerson Fittipaldi having his photo taken at the moment. Emma was around in A1GP and I got to know him a little. But the two drivers here, one is Oliver Turvey and the other is Nelson BK Jr. or Nelsinio, as he used to be known. And if I can get to talk to one of them, that would be very cool. Right, I've been told we've got to leave the paddock, so we're all making our way out, trying to stay out of the way. But I will return because I should be able to get in here in between qualifying and the race and be able to talk to someone then. In the meantime, I'm going to go and try and find Zog and Tycho, the new member of our team, who are on a grandstand somewhere. And I do mean grandstand. There's no seating. You've got to stand. So this might be a race for young people. Formula E on Gas Jones on Speed. Sounds like D'Ambrosio in centre, all posted times, but should see them up towards the sharp end of the bridge. Nick Heidfeld well how about that a race event where you can actually hear what the commentary is saying there are no cars running around at the moment qualifying has just started I'm on a platform they call them grandstands here they're not seated they're standing and we are pretty close to the circuit we are I don't know 10 metres away from the circuit itself so pretty darn close fencing has been put in all the way around the slip road here that's been used as the circuit and they've gone to a huge amount of work to put this in place in fact they had to talk to various London authorities about how they would do this at one point they were talking about drilling holes into the concrete surface to put in the barriers and things but they were told they couldn't do that because of the potential of damage to the trees so fair play to Formula E being green they thought about a nice way of doing that without impacting on the trees at all and I'm pleased to say that Zog's here hey Z hey there how are you good what's your initial impression of this as an event then great spot for it yeah it's wonderful to be right here in the the middle of London watching a major motorsport event yeah we could do with a slightly better weather maybe it's just clouding over a bit but no as an event fantastic yeah it's extraordinary I didn't think such a thing was possible they've had to change laws haven't they to enable this to happen I believe or bylaws uh, yeah I think there were some London local bylaws that they had to change in order to make this possible it was an administrative thing I don't think but you don't think it's a huge deal you know but they had a bit of rewriting of the rules to make this happen and I'm very glad they did we're participating in what's effectively an historic event, aren't we? There has not been a race in London since, I think it was 1970, is that right? That, yeah, I think it was 1970 in Crystal Palace, wasn't it? And there's a circuit there called the Parkway at the Crystal Palace. It was an Olympic Park, I think, down there, wasn't it? Yeah, an old Olympic Park, yeah. I don't know what that circuit was like. One thing that strikes me about this 
circuit, of course. It, it is a little bit narrow. Particularly at, at the first point where we crossed over the circuit, uh, we took the same route at different times from the entrance over the track. And that first bit of track really is very narrow. I doubt if it's actually two car widths wide. It might be actually, it is at this point here, isn't it? It was just about two brave car widths wide, I think. But yeah. <laughs> well, fortune favours the brave. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Now, we've got slight dampness in the air. There's spits and spots of rain. Nothing significant. But there's no traffic on the circuit at the moment. I'm wondering if that's why they're not going out, because it's damp. I think they're waiting for it to go one way or the other. Yeah. It shouldn't affect them, because they have one set of tyres for this, don't they? All weather tyres. Yeah. I'm assuming, therefore, that you know, it's not an issue of tyre choice. It's an issue of picking the best time to go out. Tycho's just indicated to me. What is it, Tykes? Cars are coming around now. I don't know about the weather today, actually, because they've got cameras putting on the covers, so I'm not sure. Maybe they know They've got covers on the cameras, I see, yeah, to protect them, just in case. Now, I saw on the screen, because there are plenty of screens around, that uh, one of the two Trulli cars has gone out. And Yano's gone out. Is it Yano? I think it is. What a shame. I wish it was the other one, because the other one is Alex Fontana. He's the second driver in the Trulli cars. And Alex Fontana, whilst he is Greek-Swiss has chosen to race that's a very conflicted nationality it is at the moment isn't yes. it? in this week of European financial uh, turmoil <laughs> poor Alex Fontana who's raced in GP3 for the status team at the moment that's my phone ringing Taika is that your mother Bobby it's Bobby ok would you talk to him for me <laughs> I can't talk on the phone when I'm making a programme as I was saying the two trolley cars one is Alex Fontana and of course Alex Fontana races in oh, here we go listen that's it three cars gone by the first sound is another that was truly and hopefully the next one will be Fontana I'm trying to get this out he races in Tom Price's racing helmet significant for me because Tom Price the only Welsh Formula 1 driver he raced back in the 70s won the race of champions he's the only Welshman ever to lead a Grand Prix I believe and Alex Fontana chooses to race in a helmet design that is essentially Tom Price's design it's even got a Welsh flag on it so I am enormously behind Alex Fontana he didn't have the best of days yesterday he wasn't classified but I wish him well today here we go that's one of the Amlin Aguri cars I didn't see which driver unfortunately but they're not really going around at race pace at the moment they're going quite slowly interesting that they can turn the throttle up throttle that's the wrong word isn't it when you're driving an electric car, it's not a throttle. What is it, a variable resistor? It must be. So they can turn the power up anyway, or the energy up. They have, I think, 200 kilowatts available to them during qualifying, and only 150 during the race. That's so that they can complete half race distance. And only have to do half, because, of course, they swap cars. Right, here we go, here's another one. Brakes into turn nine. Yano truly in trouble into turn nine. The car just understeering straight onto the escape road. Uh, 
really in trouble. I don't think they're going at race pace. They can't be. Surely that can't be qualifying pace. They seem quite slow. I know we joked about this being slow when we watched it on TV, but I'm genuinely surprised how slow those cars were going through here. Oops, looks like Trulli's gone off. Oh dear. Going to require the assistance of a marshal. The big question mark for Sebastian Boemi now as he comes across the line is does he launch onto a flying lap? So Boemi accelerating along the start and finish straight towards turn one. Sam Bird in pursuit. Now then, I'm looking for Buemi here. He's out on the circuit. And hopefully he will come past here at racing speed. They do seem to be going much more quickly on screen than when they passed us here. I can see it's that Sam Bird's car. He's stuck in traffic. Is he? Yeah, it looks like he's stuck in traffic, but he's getting past now. That's truly. He goes through first sector a 22.5 for Sam Bird squirming on the brakes into turn eight exits with no problems now it's on to turn nine this is where Jarno Trulli got caught out a few moments ago I think they struggle with grip here because they're using effectively road tyres on these cars which have a tread pattern here we go now that was more like it the virgin car overtook a slower going car so they are going a bit quicker not quite a spectacle yet although i'm sure it'll be different when the race is on it's funny watching this trackside because they do something in Formula E that you don't see in other race series they watch the drivers they put all three drivers together in a sort of a holding room and you get their reaction as the other guys put their times in and it's a bit like figure skating where you get to see their reaction as the scores come up do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Perfect turn, oh no! No! Just late on that last corner. The cars aren't going terribly quick, are they? Well, I think with Formula E... Certainly the point of the circuit where we are, they're not screaming past. The, uh, and, and that, I mean, that has been one of the slight disappointments to me about Formula E. I like the idea of it, but both on... Yeah, but on the televised coverage, you don't get a huge sensation of speed and spectacle you know the cars just seem a little bit too mild and you know hard to get that excited by it whenever you see cars on track up close you know that's always more impressive and watching them here trackside um you know they do feel more involved but they're not super quick the narrowness a little bit slow the narrowness of the track should make them appear a lot quicker being in a confined space but of course being in a confined space will slow them down as well yeah i was the same thought that you know the narrower the track the more dramatic it looks yeah. provided you've got enough room for racing for a very given take if you look at some of the other circuits that Formula E has raced on like Beijing or even the uh, Russian circuit there was enough width for about five or six cars across so that allows racing but makes the cars look slower so I would imagine the perfect Formula E circuit is somewhere in between the huge scale of Beijing and the tiny scale of London really somewhere between Beijing and Battersea yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, what's that? That must be uh, Hungary. Yeah. <laughs>
hate to be critical of Formula E because it's doing all the right things for the right reasons and there are lots of screens around for us to see what's going on but they are unreadable as I'll just put it very succinctly I think they are crappy low resolution screens you can see people's faces but you simply cannot read any of the text on the screens I can't my son Tycho who's nearly 15 has got perfect eyesight can you read any of those names in the classification I really can't I mean you can see the individual pixels but you can't read any you can just see the flag that's, yeah. that's it and we're pretty close to the screen it's not far away at all at Silverstone you can read stuff that's the other side when yep. you're miles away but not here so room for improvement there better screens please well here we are now an hour into qualifying if I'm being brutal and honest it's slightly underwhelming would you agree Zog? a little bit yeah we could do with a bit more of an impression of speed from where we are it's just a little bit mild mild yeah, yeah. you've been doing some calculations I love the way that you work stuff out taking the length of the car and the distance between these staging posts here you calculated that the speed on this point was what uh, I, I figured they're probably doing about 50 miles an hour and what's your speed in your Porsche on the west way I, oh Christ uh, yeah. close to that I can't repeat the conversation we had uh, <laughs> 10 minutes ago uh, suffice to say that it is possible to go faster on the west way than the cars are going past us right here yeah by a fair margin yeah I suppose racing is relative if they're all doing about the same speed it's that subtlety of who goes slightly quicker than the other that makes it proper racing but in terms of qualifying they don't look spectacular do they well that's a very good point it is relative it's not about absolute speed and actually looking on the big screens there are certainly points on the circuit where you've got much more of an impression of the dynamism of yep. what's going on in the car and you get more of an impression of speed just the right where we are here this particular point on this particular straight they're just not streaking past that fast and you know you there's, what there's is Simona de Silvestre, I think. Yeah, um, in her lovely orange Andretti car. Looks great in orange, doesn't it? It does, yes. Watching on the screens here, they do look a bit more spectacular through the corners because they're struggling for grip because they're not using super sticky tyres. And that makes it entertaining. If we were stood at a corner somewhere, I think we might be a bit more entertained. I'm also, apart from being disappointed by the quality of the screens around here, I'm also disappointed by the fact that I can't listen to the commentary on the radio, which I carry with me which I always listen to commentary wherever I am in the world because the frequency that they've chosen for this probably because we're in inner city London and that will narrow down the number of frequencies available it's off band it's down at 60 something is 60, that what they said Tycho? 61.7 I think yeah. I think it's been covered by Visa and they've cancelled it now I think due to technical difficulties it's oh. just a bit rubbish to be honest <laughs> <laughs> well I think you make a good point about being in town because we're in London anyone that's driven through London with their car already tuned to any FM frequency knows that you get a lot of interference from pirate radio stations in a lot of parts of town there's a lot of demand on the FM frequencies I'm wondering if that outside the normal band frequency they've chosen 60 something that if it's easy to get interference from your reception there yeah don't know well Visa are handing out these little hang over your ear radios I'm sure you've seen them you get them when you go to Silverstone they don't 
work terribly well at Silverstone because you can't hear them over the sound of the cars. But here, where you've got quieter cars, they work all right, do they? These little, yeah? yeah, they work very well. It's a very good point. At an F1 race or at Le Mans, where you've got a lot more, a lot more car noise, it can be hard to hear a slightly cheap, flimsy radio, which is always going to be if it's a little freebie. But yeah, here, reception is excellent. I can hear every word. Very, very good. So I'm slightly oblivious as to what's going on. Is that qualifying over now? If so, how can we haven't seen Salvador Duran and Alex Fontana running? Do you know? Are you have been able to follow it? I have not. I've just run over to see if I can find out the frequency yeah, and yeah. get a new radio. They only handed out 10,000, so I'm afraid you can't get one. No, but. I'm number 10,001, unfortunately. <laughs> and I brought my own radio, but that didn't work. Hey, onto the race, eh? And perhaps a little light refreshment while it's raining. Formula E on Gareth Jones on speed. Zog and Tycho are enjoying something to eat in this lull between qualifying and the race. And uh, I've just been into the media centre and I was applying for a tabard so I can get access to the paddock at this stage because you have to wear a tabard, sort of vest, to show that you're authorised to be in there. And as I was being given my tabard, the person issuing said, oh, yeah, that won't get you onto the grid. You might want to talk to someone about getting onto the grid. And fair play, a man called Sam from Formula E came over and said, you're Gareth, aren't you? Give him a green one, which means I can get onto the grid before the race. This will be very exciting. Very exciting. As I negotiate my way through security on my way to the paddock. I don't know how many of the drivers are in the paddock at the moment because they do a fan signing thing at the moment. And in the E-Village, which is the centre of the circuit, there was a huge queue for fans to meet drivers. So I don't know how many are going to be here, but let's just see who we can get hold of, shall we? You know me. Not quite Martin Brundle standard as far as elbows out and getting in there for an interview is concerned, but I reckon I stand a chance. Here we go. I'm outside the trolley tent slash garage slash pit at the moment. And as you know, Yano Trulli bought the franchise to race in Formula E from Drayson Technologies, who were going to field a team here. And it's interesting to note that they've still got Drayson written on the front wing end plates. They're a bit more than end plates, actually, on Formula E cars, aren't they? They're sort of aerodynamic shrouds which completely protect the front wheel. But noting that Drayson are still involved, and it's a good thing, because Lord Drayson knows his way around electric cars. Shame he's not racing now. No sign of either of the drivers at the moment. They're probably doing the fan signing. Let's have a wander around. It stopped raining, by the way. It was raining earlier on, and I had chosen not to bring a waterproof with me today, which means we huddled under a tree for a while. But that was okay. Plenty of trees here in Battersea Park. Well protected. stands in the pecking order of motorsport at the moment and looking at the tents it does remind me of the GP2 paddock if you've ever been to Silverstone or indeed any other race where there's a GP2 race supporting Formula 1 you'll know that GP2 is a slightly poorer brother of 
Formula One, of course, and they put up with these giant marquees, these wedding marquees that become their garages, which work quite well. And seeing the similar sort of setup here suggests that Formula E is kind of like GP2. GP2 on your way up to Formula One. Formula E perhaps on your way back down from Formula One, but a very valid place to go because as all the cars and the technology are equal in this sport, like any other one-make series, you are obliged to make the car go quicker by driving it better than anybody else, so talent will stand out. Just looking at the Andretti garage here, four cars all painted this bright orange of TE Connectivity, which is the major Andretti sponsor. And a rather terrifying looking apparatus at the back involving dry ice and pumps and things, which I think is being used to keep the batteries cool under charging. See some familiar faces in the garages here. Chap, I think his name was Rob, who was on A1 Grand Prix, he's one of the mechanics for the Dragon Racing team, an American owned team, but clearly some of the staff are Brits. That's food as well. We are everywhere in motorsport, aren't we? In every level, every championship, every part of the world. Although the French invented motorsport, I think it's the British who keep it going, isn't it? Karen? Hi. Hi, Gareth Jones. Hey, I was on how you doing? Long time. Yeah, 10 years ago. How are you doing? I'm all right, thank you. you. enjoying this? Yeah, yeah, it's totally different. Uh, we've just had a miserable weekend on my side of the garage. But yeah, does no, it satisfy your racing muscle? Yeah, it does. It's a real challenge. You know, these narrow, bumpy, twisty circuits, it's a real challenge to get it right. And it's a very, very enjoyable championship. Calendar's great. Uh, cars are interesting. A lot of new, interesting technology for us to learn and to use. So, uh, yeah, it is very enjoyable. It's an equal playing field, much as A1GP was, really. You know, we're all given the same equipment to race with. Yeah. What makes the difference here? What can the teams do to make the car perform well, better? Well, here it's even more because you have a lot of software, things that you can change for the energy, you know, to recover energy to charge and discharge and all this, so it's very complicated with the software and the electronics. Do and you get involved with that? We have to, yeah, of course, because ultimately we're the ones using it. It's a great engineering championship. And nice to see you racing at Le Mans as well. This yeah, year. Well no, done, uh, always happy to go there. It's the best race in the world, you know. So. Uh, always happy to have someone at least sounds Welsh in there. <laughs> go to him, man. Nice Good to see you. you. Well, we haven't had a conversation for 10 years or more. That was very nice to see Karun Shanduk, who is a gentleman and what a lovely voice. Hasn't he got a lovely voice? Wouldn't you like Karun Shanduk or indeed Bruno Senna to read you bedtime stories? There's something very reassuring about their voices, honestly. Right, hanging out at the moment down by the Trulli garage because I'm on a word with Alex Fontana. Alex, excuse me, yeah, interrupting. No Alex Fontana, Gareth Jones, I follow you on Twitter. Uh, yes. And no. you know why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where is your helmet? Is it it's, around it's somewhere? It's here, inside. <laughs> you can want can to I see? come with you? Yeah. 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 I, I have to push it on. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
Welcome to Formula E. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. How difficult is it? Well, it's quite complicated, but it's not really uh, only the, the electrical system. It's more the tires and the brakes which are difficult. But in the end, you drive it like a normal single seater. So the, the electrical power is not too bad in qualifying. In the race, there is a certain management to be done. But to be honest, it's made more from the team. Here's the helmet. Look at you. Alex, you know Tom Price's story. Yeah, yeah. Sure. The only Welsh man ever to lead a Formula One race. Yeah. In that helmet design, it is wonderful to see that helmet racing again. I appreciate it. Why did you, as a Swiss Greek motor racing fan, how did you discover Tom Price's story? Well, I always said uh, I had like a Swiss soul and a Greek heart and a Welsh right foot. So <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's just that my father always had this helmet when he was driving for fun in go-kart. And, you know, some people were wearing Senna's or Villeneuve's in memory. And he was a fan of Tom because he was the best British driver around at that moment. And he was very young and he died too soon. Yeah. And he, he couldn't accomplish everything he wanted and he deserved. So he was using the helmet in memory. And when I started at three and half, he gave me the same helmet and they kept it. That is so fantastic that, you know, a man who, for us Welsh, played an important part in motorsport. And in many ways, his death contributed towards motorsport becoming more safe in the future. Yeah, I agree. The marshal that his car hit, Patrick Van Vuren, I think was yeah. his name, he was an untrained marshal, mm. and that was pretty much how it was then, but since then we've realised the value of having highly trained yeah. people doing that job. No, um, I think it's, yeah, it was necessary. How's Jano looking after you? Very well, he's obviously has a lot of experience with different categories, and also especially with this one as well which for me was brand new and uh, was quite different with electrical power so in driving style it helped me quite a lot and obviously I tried to give all my feelings and feedbacks to the team and try to give something to test as well they can test something on me instead of maybe risking his pace sometimes and uh, okay. so I can I tested something that in the end will work it up quite well and this is thanks to the engineers of the team and so far we improved every session both of us and I think we had a bit of luck in qualifying with the rain. We start quite forward, but I think we can stay in, uh, around that position and we see what happens. The circuit here is very narrow and very bumpy. I know you raced at Monaco this year in Formula Renault. Yeah. must remind you of Monaco. It's narrow. Yeah, it's very narrow and uh, very bumpy, but uh, they are not up and down as in Monte Carlo. So this is already a bit easier. But uh, obviously the road is like a pyramid, so you have to cross from the right lane to the left lane a bit carefully because the floor touches and the, right. the wheels are not touching the ground anymore so it's for sure it's a bit difficult I think listening to the other drivers that did all the entire season they said that it's one of the most difficult circuit and most bumpy of all the seasons so for sure it's not a, an easy debut but it's my only second road track I ever made and the first one was Monaco one month ago so for well, me it was quite a new experience to be honest well yeah. Alex I know you've got to go as we say in Wales poor blue Good luck. Thank you Good luck much. out there. I'll Appreciate be rooting it. for you. Okay. I might just try and Thanks. steal a word with Jarno if he has a moment. Signor Trulli. Excusi, a momento. Jarno, how are you getting on? How difficult is Formula E proving to be? 
Well, Formula E is a different series compared to the rest of the series in motorsport, so difficult to say how difficult it is. It's always a challenge. What are the kind of challenges that you're presented with that are different to other motorsport series? you got the fact that there are only street circuit and um, you've got very little time to learn car and circuit. You're pretty good at learning things pretty quickly. You've raced at the very, very highest echelon, Formula One. What makes the difference in Formula E? Is it a driver category or is it still team and engineering? I think we're here to develop the technology, so we are focused mainly on, on that. You still have an arrangement with Drayson. I know you bought their franchise for this team. Do they still provide help? Uh, to be honest, I haven't heard from Drayson in his own time. <laughs> Well, let's hope you get some help soon. Yando, grazie mille. Ciao. Salvador, it's wonderful to see you again. I've been saying for, I don't know, nine years that you are the best wet weather driver I have ever seen, thanks to your win at Laguna Seca in the first year of A1GP. It's wet here today. That's got to be an advantage for you, isn't it? Well, let's hope. You know, 10 years ago, I was another driver. I was young. I pushed every single second that I had in the car. I pushed like crazy. Now I'm a bit different, you know, just coming back and all that but for sure it's been at least seven years that I don't drive on the wet yeah. so it's yeah, going to be you, exciting you, you were racing in NASCAR in Mexico and you don't yeah. race in the wet there because no. it never rains and no, when it does yeah. you don't know what to do yeah so <laughs> and, and I did two years of that and before that nothing so it's actually eight years of not driving Formula cars well seven years since 2008 which is ridiculous for a man of yeah. your skills and I was overjoyed when you won Daytona with Juan Pablo Montoya that was yeah. superb which was in the rain most of my stints as well oh really yeah. <laughs> so, how are you enjoying this? Good? A lot, yes. Yeah. Very good. I'm very thankful with my team. They have supported me a lot. They have given me the opportunity and they are helping me build up to speed to get back into the rhythm and to, to be quick. So, what? I just wish I can give them a good result today. What makes the difference? Is it data management? Is it energy management? Is it listening to what they tell you? Or is it still a driver's category? It relies on instinct. It's a bit about everything. You know, it's a new series. It's very innovative. We don't know the car. We don't know the technology. So the driver has to give a lot of feedback. The engineers has to work a lot. The APL, obviously, the energy management has to be perfect. So it's a combination about everything. So... It's very easy to not get it right. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. They say when you practice something, the trick is to practice not to get it right. It's to practice so you can't get it wrong. Well, if it's golf, I agree. But here, <laughs> nothing can go wrong. But yeah, I mean, it is difficult. Let's say it's different. It's difficult. Um, I know everybody wants to compare because we are Formula cars. But you can't compare. This yeah. is something new. Yeah. This is something innovative. And people have to understand that uh, it's a first year. And we're already doing great for being a first year. So... Everything that can happen from now on is going to be better and better and better, while most of the series are already stocked into technology and stocked into, into everything. So we are just opening a new door and doing something different and, in my perspective, a lot better. Does this remind you of A1 Grand Prix? It reminds me how the organization is, but it doesn't remind me at all how the business is 
or how you look at the business. So yeah. this is a great excuse to make a huge business. Yeah. A1GP was a great series without business. Yeah. So this is this is why this series has a lot of potential to yeah. grow yeah. and get into levels of being one of the best series in the world, which it already is in the first year. So, do you know about your future with the series yet? When will those decisions be made? No, but decisions will be made really quick and really soon. And I wish to continue with Amlin Aguri. So Aguri, I had a good relationship with him. He trusts me a lot. So I just wish that uh, we can work on next year because I want to find my speed back. And I know I can give them results. I just need time. So I hope they understand this and they give me the time needed. And uh, well, I'll push as much as I can. I know how good a driver you are. <laughs> thank you very much. If they choose anyone else, they're making a mistake. Oh, Salvador, compadre. Thank you very Adios, much. Adios, amigo. Eh? Adios. 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 Ciao, Salvador. Nice to know that the people I worked with all those years ago are still nice guys. They were nice guys in A1 and they're still nice now. That man, by the way, Salvador Duran, is the best wet weather driver you will ever see. And I mean that bar none. What he did at Laguna Seca in torrential conditions was exceptional. No one else on the A1 grid could get anywhere near him and there were some very class acts on that grid at that time. Salvador Duran in the wet, superb. That's it for now, but our exclusive coverage of this mould-breaking all-electric race series continues in the next episode, when Gareth takes to the grid to interview not only the man in charge of Formula E, but also the driver who became the first Formula E world champion. Don't miss Gareth Jones on Speed, episode 254, available soon from garethjones.tv and the iTunes Store. To send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site, follow us on Twitter, or to find out about sponsorship opportunities, go to garethjones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Warning. Battery low. Please recharge. Gareth Jones on Speed!